Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. You know, you shouldn't live your life by a clock. That little thing will bind you up. Oh, got to get this done. Got to get that. Oh, 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 no, I'm 10 minutes late. No, I'm not talking about being late to an appointment or to a commitment. We want to be on time. That's just good stewardship. I'm talking about not being bound by the tick of a clock, not being bound by the flip of a calendar page. We live our lives by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And there's some things God wants to do in your life that aren't going to fit into your little wristwatch. There's some things God wants to do in your life that your Apple Watch can't handle. There's things God wants to do in your life that no instrument made of man can measure. Would you be willing to let him do that? Are you willing to rearrange your schedule for the one who made heaven and earth? What if we, what if we began living that way? That we looked at the setting of the sun as an opportunity to worship him and the rising of the sun the next day as an opportunity to walk in new levels of his mercy and grace. Hallelujah. What if we marked our days by his presence? What if we marked our time by his salvation and his glory revealed in us? Hallelujah. You see, God's uh, moving forward and God's markers are his presence. The, the new levels of glory he's prepared for you through his son. And our lives are marked by his glory. Our lives are marked by an intimacy with him and a, and a moving forward in him and experiencing of him. Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit right here. I hope you're listening. I hope you didn't come to a religious service today. I hope you came to experience God because he's here. Hallelujah. We're finishing our series today called Transformation. This is part five. So you can go to our website, either website, highwaychurch.us or josephbosco.us, and you can uh, listen to this entire series. It's all free. All of our podcasts are free. And make, make yourself uh, take advantage of the resources of the Word that are given to you through our website. You'll be so, so glad you did. Um, we're, we're in a year of transformation. Things will not be the same this year. God is positioning us. He's transforming us. He's preparing us to transition. And whether you're ready or not, it's coming. And, um, you know, Satan had a scheme that he had been uh, working for years. And it, one of the manifestations of that was something man calls an epidemic, which is, a, is built on misinformation, on a, a virus that has almost 100% survival rate. That's really quite weak. About, pneumonia is about 700% times stronger than COVID-19. There's been a lot of fear around this that's completely unnecessary and unwarranted. 
uh, there's a strategy in the heavenlies to put people in bondage. I walked into a gas station yesterday, and heavens to Mercantroid. You guys know who used to say that? Snagglepuss. Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I think it was him. Heavens to Mercantroid. Exit, stage left. You need some Hanna-Barbera cartoons in your life. And, and heavens to Merck and Freud, I didn't have my mask on. And I, I just stepped foot, maybe two steps in the door, and, you know, and there was, I don't know, maybe two people in this large lobby store, and, and the people behind the desk were probably 10 feet away, and they froze when I stepped in the door. They said, sir, would you like a compliment or ask? So afraid. That's what the voices they've been listening to. You, you, you can't get near us, sir, unless you've got a mask on. Who told them that? Does medical science truly back that? Do you know there are over 40,000 physicians who signed a document in Massachusetts called the Great Barrington Declaration? You can go to gbdeclaration.org. Physicians, epidemiologists, and other specialists, people who specialize in infectious diseases that, that say the information that's being put out in these government policies are damaging, detrimental to public health. Physicians, not some crazy preacher in a church like me. And you can go there and read it yourself. Do you know that even on the CDC's website, you've got to read the fine print what they call their death count, if you'll scroll down and go to the little tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny fine print, they say sick only 6% of this total were the deaths actually due to COVID. 6%. So whatever death count you're hearing, take 6% of that. 94% of it is bogus. You need to pay attention to the voices you're giving heed to. Most of them are based on fear, and they don't realize it. Many don't realize it, but there are spirits of fear involved trying to put you in bondage to get you afraid when you leave your house, put a piece of paper on your face, and think that makes you safe. I heard someone explain it this way. That's like trying to keep out mosquitoes with a chain-link fence. Doesn't work. But I've got my paper on my face. Doesn't make sense. I don't know if they're going to let this video stay online. I don't care. At least you're hearing it. At least you're hearing it. Transformation. I'm talking about a fearless life. A fearless life. Nothing will make you afraid. Why? Because he loves you too much. His perfect love removes every fear, and you get up in the morning knowing he's a shield around you, knowing that, that the God of heaven and earth has given his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways, to bear you up in their hands lest you would dash your foot against the stone. You live your life treading upon the lion and the cobra, crushing fierce lions and serpents under your feet. With a long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation because he has known my name. He has put his faith in my love, in my ha, ha, ha. Woo! 
Are you a Psalm 91 person? Um, what's that? You should find out. Get your hard copy Bible and go to Psalm 91 and say, that's me. That's me. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Who's it a secret to? Darkness, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, confusion, depression, alcoholism, drug addiction. They can't get in there. Why? Because I'm in the secret place. Colossians says my life has been hidden with Christ in God. He covers me. Let all those who put their trust in him sing and shout for joy. Hallelujah. Because he makes a covering over them. He protects them. He defends them. I didn't tell them all that at the gas station. I just, <laughs> just pulled out my little bandana and said, oh, okay. <sighs> and I put my bandana on. Looked like Jesse James or something. <laughs> I, I, I use a uh, black bandana. That's what I use. I haven't spent money for a mask yet, so. <laughs> Transformation. Are you ready to leave the world behind? Or are you just hoping to get to heaven someday? I want God now. I want to experience all that he is in my life now. Hallelujah. Jesus! Woo! Listen, I'm talking about the world behind you, Christ in front of you. Ah, all that he purchased for you happening in your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's put it up there. Listen, if you want the world to be behind you and Christ before you, you've got to embrace two things. The nature of God and the ways of God. And guarantee you, they're going to, they're going to be very different to a lot of things you currently believe. Because God is perfect. And He doesn't adapt His nature or His, his uh, ideals or values based on polls or based on the news media, or based on anything in this world, he's never had to learn anything. He's never studied anything. He's always known everything, about everything, at all times. He's gone. He's Alpha and Omega. He has no beginning. He has no end. He has no opinions. He has no speculations. He doesn't ever wonder how or why or when or where or who. We have to remember who our Father is. Because if you don't remind yourself in, of, of who He is and grow in that by studying the Scriptures, you'll start thinking God is like, I don't know, maybe just a higher being that's better, a little better than we are. And He, you know, and he doesn't, you know, He needs some help. And he needs to Google every now and then, you know? Do you know he's never Googled? The God who never Googled. He's a Googleless God. Jehovah Yireh, the Lord my provider, 
Jehovah, what's, what's Hebrew for Googleless? I don't know. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. Hallelujah. I beseech you. Oh, that's a, that's a strong exhortation, right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Just makes good sense. How do we present our bodies a living sacrifice? By giving ourselves to the Lord. By realizing our body is our servant, not our master. It's the vehicle God gave us to get around in, right? But it is our servant. It doesn't tell us how we're feeling. It doesn't tell us what our future uh, health is going to be like. We tell our body how healthy it is. We tell our body how it's feeling. We tell our body what Christ did for it. Your body's waiting to hear from you. Too many people are, are listening to their body as the indicator instead of telling their body what Christ has done for it. This is a living sacrifice where your body is in submission to the finished work of Christ. And you tell your body in an evening when you hit the pillow at night, you say, body, you've been healed. You're going to sleep soundly tonight. The, your peace reigns in you. The peace of Christ reigns in your mind. The peace of Christ reigns in every system. Every system of your, every system body is healthy. My digestive system is healthy. My respiratory system is healthy. My circulatory system is healthy. My nervous system is not nervous. <laughs> it's healthy. Lymph nodes functioning perfectly. Bone marrow vibrant and juicy. Strong. Blood healthy and strong. Arteries and veins and blood vessels clear. Blood is flowing freely to and from my heart. Heart, you're beating strongly. Muscles and tendons and ligaments, you're strong and flexible. Cartilage, joints, uh, bones, you're flexible and strong. Teeth, you're strong and healthy. Gums, you're healthy. Sinuses, you're clear. Clear. Skin, you're fresh. Fresher than a child. You have to talk to your body. It's waiting to hear from you. It really is kind of like a pet or like a little child. You know when you have a pet and they're little, they kind of look up at you like waiting to see what you're going to do? Your body does that. You don't know it. They're waiting to see. I remember when our kids were little and they'd fall down and they'd look up at us to see if they should cry or not. They would. That's how we are. And your body's like that. Okay, I just felt this. Okay, uh, wh what's that mean? Your body wants an answer. You say, by his stripes I'm healed. That's what that means. By his stripes I'm healed. And they would fall, and, and we'd say, oh, you're blessed. You're healed. Get on up. And they'd say, okay. Now, if we would have went, oh, 
my baby. Oh, they would have started bawling. That's how the flesh is. If you sympathize with your flesh, good luck. It's going to take you places you never wanted to be. We don't sympathize with our flesh. We rule it. We rule it. We train it with the Word of God. That's what being a living sacrifice is. It's training your flesh with what God has said. How do you do this with your mind and your mouth? The Weiss translation, put that up there real quick, that little Weiss excerpt. Yeah, says this service is performed by the exercise of the mind. We know that we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we're living in a body, right? Spirit, soul, and body. Your soul are the, the tools, the equipment you've been given, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But that's not who you are. They're just equipment that's attached to your spirit, okay? When I have, uh, when the, the, the vehicle I drive is not who I am. It's just equipment that I have to get me where I'm going, Right? Your mind is not who you are, but your mind is very important. So the battlefield for your health is in your mind. It's not in your body. The battlefield for your destiny and your future is right here. The power to win that battle is not here, it's here. It's in your mouth. So the battle's here, but the victory's here. You can't fight the battle with this. You have to fight it with this. You have to open your mouth and say what God says so that your mind can hear your mouth saying it and your body can hear your mouth saying it. Do you know you are the one you listen to more than anyone else? It's true. You listen to yourself more than any expert, any minister, any, any uh, doctor, any, any uh, professor, any teacher. You listen to yourself more. And you've got to decide if you have a thought in your mind that is contrary to what Christ provided for you, you're going to speak life. You're going to say what Jesus said about you. If you don't use your mouth to change your mind, it won't change. There's nothing silent about renewing your mind. There's nothing silent about walking in divine health. There's nothing silent about you fulfilling your destiny. Verse 2 in the New Century Version says, Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. That's what's happening to us right here, right now. Every time you come, every time we gather, if you're open, if, you're, if your confidence is in Christ, if you're ready, you'll be transformed. You'll be changed every time we gather. That's why we love gathering talking with some, some friends there they drive uh, almost four hours to learn the word our kids you talk to our kids they'll laugh they'll say we go on vacation if there's a good church within five hours we're going why because we love the spirit of God we love the word of God and we realize it is essential to be in the presence of it for, for, for our, the complete package I want all that he has in the body of Christ as a part of the package, guys. 
I can't be a lone ranger in this world. I've got to be plugged into a local body of believers where the fullness of the gospel is preached and the Holy Spirit is given right away. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says it this way, through a total reformation of how you think. Wow. God loves you so much, he won't let those stinky thoughts that you're hiding in the pantry be. He won't. I mean, you've got them underneath the chips and behind the pasta, but God's, he won't let that be because he wants you free. If there's something harmful in my child's life, they're going to hear from me. Because I'm a parent and I love them. And I'm not going to allow that thing to, to enter their lives. Hallelujah. Through a total reformation of how you think. Listen, your mind is sacred ground. And the only one who has true rights to it would be the one who gave you that mind. And that's your heavenly father. He's the only one that has rights to it. No one else has the right to take any portion of your mind. Through a total reformation of how you think, this will empower you to discern God's will. You mean if I don't change the way I think, I won't know what God's will is? Correct. You'll have no idea. I can't tell you how many times I've heard ministers with degrees from seminaries say things from pulpit, from the pulpit that were not in agreement with the will of God and claiming that God said it. God told them to say that. If you don't undergo this reformation of your thought life with the Word of God by speaking His Word over your mind and your body and into your life, you will not be able to discern what God's will is. To discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. The, the abundant, beautiful life that God has for you cannot be lived without changing the way you think. Because all of us have thoughts that, that are contrary, have thought thoughts, or, or still have thoughts, that are contrary to the abundant life Christ came to give us. And we treat our thoughts as if um, they're, a, they're our retirement plan or something. No one can touch it. No. We're, 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 we're surveying our thought life with the Word of God. Right? God's Word is a, is a shield in our thought life. It's a filter over our eyes and our ears and our mouth. Hallelujah. So this new way of thinking, in fact, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let's put that up there, Philippians 2, 5, says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. God wants you to think like He thinks. Isn't that awesome? That is so different than what I was told in church growing up. I was given this picture that God wants you to stay away, that he's way up high, you're way down low, 
And don't you dare to presume that you could ever know one of his thoughts. That's, how, that's kind of the, the atmosphere I grew up in. That's totally opposite of Jesus. He's saying, think your thoughts after me. Come close. Learn the way that I think. Learn to see things the way that I see them. Let my thoughts lead you in your everyday life. Hallelujah. So as followers of Christ, we know that we're in a relationship with Him. And that it's not, our, our, our value doesn't come from a church membership or from a certificate or from a, a ceremony we went through. Our value comes from who He is and what He did for us and who we are in Him. So as followers of Christ, we are learning God's method of operation. So we don't just come to God and pray a prayer and keep doing things the way we used to do them. That's kind of pointless, right? So I'm kind of feeling like, okay, I need God in my life. Maybe I'm feeling guilty because of my sins. So I come to a church and I, I hear the good news that God loves me and He's provided forgiveness of my sins. And I, I pray a prayer because I want to be forgiven of my sins. That's wonderful. That's good. But that's not the goal. All right, that's the entrance into a new life. Our goal is not to be forgiven. Our goal is to be new. Right? Now, being forgiven is essential to that. And he provided that for you. But we don't want to just uh, have this idea that God's like, um, I don't know, a pill we take. You know, like praying, okay, I prayed the prayer of salvation. Or I prayed a Christian prayer. Or I went through the seven steps on a card. I took the pill, you know. No. No, it's a relationship. I've entered into this relationship with the one who made me, and that means I'm going to be changing for the rest of my life. Because he's unchanging, right? And we're being transformed by the unchanging one, which means we're the changing ones, right? I am so different than I was last week. So different. I'm so different. You're not going to know me if you're not changing because I'm going to be different next week. That's right. There's some people who see you like, like you were 10 years ago because they don't have eyes to see because of the way they think. But God sees you very differently. He sees you according to what you believe. Woo-hoo! Woo! I'm so different. So different than I was. He's changed me, and He's changing me today. So what is God's M.O.? We learned last time, right, last week. John 1.1, let's put it up there. God's method of operation is so simple. Man's religion has made some kind of difficult thing that you can never do actually do. But God's method is so simple. Believing and speaking. That's it. Speaking and believing His Word. John 1, chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. We looked at this, I think it was, it was last Sunday. Yeah, it was. In the beginning was the Word. 
the Word was with God and the Word was God, and we know he's talking about Jesus Christ, right? That Jesus is called the Word of God because words are an expression of our heart. Jesus is the expression of God's heart, right? We looked at that last week. We're not going to go into that uh, like we did last week. So in the, if, if God begins with his word, so do we. So what I began to do in 1989 when I gave my life to Christ, that's in the previous millennium. It started with a 19, not a 2. I, when I gave my life, I got into my hard copy Bible, and I was uh, a young man, 19 years old, and I, I came from a, a messed up life. And I remember when my eyes hit Psalm 119. And I was just thrilled to begin reading the Word of God. And I read in verse um, 11, I think it was, and Psalm says, uh, well, this is a different translation here. Let's see, Psalm 119. Bless Israel. Thy word, where did I start? Verse 10. Oh, verse 9. In Psalm 1, he says, says, Wherewithal, or how can a young man keep his way pure? That's the, the version I learned from. But this says, cleanse his way. By taking heed thereto according to your word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from your commandments. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that excited me because now I knew I had an answer for sin. If I put the Word of God in my heart, it would strengthen my heart and give me victory over sin. So I began putting this Word in my heart, uh, and I got a, a hard copy notebook. Didn't have uh, digital devices back then. Um, we had, you know, we didn't even have wheels yet. But um, I would write in a notebook the actual verse that I just read. I'd write Psalm. 119 colon 9 dash through 11. Then I'd go to the next line, I'd write a 9, and I'd copy it word for word right out of my hard copy Bible. Word for word. It took a little time. You have the time. You have the time. If you feel you don't have the time for this, then you don't have the time to be healthy. You don't have the time to live an abundant life then. Don't, don't lie to yourself. You have the time. And, I t and I, however many minutes it took me to write out those three verses, I wrote them out clearly so I could read them. And, and then I put my Bible in my uh, notebook in my backpack. And I'd take it with me everywhere. And I'd be, you know, I'd have a, something happening at 1 o'clock. I'd get there a little early. I'd sit on a bench. I'd pull out my notebook. And I'd go over Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. And uh, actually, I think the first verse I probably wrote, it might have been that one, or Proverbs 3, 5 through, through 8, or 5 through 6. And I'd just go over those and over those because I knew it was making my heart stronger. I knew that if I put his word, if I followed God's method of operation, I would walk with him the rest of my days. And there are, there are believers who are struggling in areas of their life because they haven't put the word in their heart. That bondage will fall off you. Just put the word in your heart. Just forget about that. Just start focusing on the word. Just start getting that word in your heart. And I'm telling you, I would walk around saying it to myself, and I still do today, 32 years later, still do today. 
I walk around saying what I just read. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. My, your, heart is, your word is cleansing. My, it cleanses my heart. It keeps my heart strong. A lot of what I'm saying during worship or exhortation toward you is just scriptures. I'm just reciting scriptures. But they just flow in me because I've taken time to meditate in them over the years, write them down, and now I probably have hundreds if not thousands of scriptures just flowing around in me. Uh, uh, this is not a boast at all. I'm just saying his word works. So coming to Christ means we want to get the word active in our lives, right? And you can't get the word active in your life by focusing on ungodly words and what man has to say, right? This is a total reformation of our thinking. So God always begins with his word. You may as well learn that now. So if you're expecting God to do something different in your life other than giving you his word, it's not going to happen. And people are looking for God to come down out of the sky and and turn the grass purple and do something, but he's not going to do that. If you want to know him, he's going to bring you his word. He's doing it right now. He moves in our lives. He transforms us by bringing us his word. That's why it's so important that you're in a church like this where you're not hearing religious tradition, you're hearing the Word of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 4, speaking of God's method of operation, verse 24, He said, God is spirit. Can we pop that up there, John 4, 24? He said, God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. I don't know if we have that back there, guys. Can you put John 4.24 up there? All right, we'll just... God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So you need to understand you're dealing with someone you can't see. And this method of operation is invisible. But the Bible teaches us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. Where's that from in the Bible? Help me out. Hebrews 11.1. That was in my notebook. Man, that'll change your life. Right? Yeah. So we're, we're dealing with a kingdom that can't be seen. It's kind of like the wind. You can't see it, but boy, can you feel it and see the effects of it. The Spirit of God is like that. So if you're trying to find Him with these, you're, you're, you're going to be confused. But we find Him with this, by believing what He said. This is how you find God. Not legalistically. I'm not talking about legalism. We talked about that last week. We're not legalistic Bible thumpers. Hello. We don't hit people with this over the head. No, this is the word of life to us. Right? It's it's the heart of God expressed. So when we read it, we're looking for the heart of God expressed to us. Not legal rules that we can't touch, we can't do, we can't this, we can't that. That's not what the Bible is about. And if you read it in its proper context, you'll see that. Okay? That's not what the Bible is about. We read about that. We went into that last week. We're not going to go into that again. So we're not legalistic. 
with the Word of God. It's life to us. So we're, we're, we're all about the life of the Word, right? John 6.63, so God, Jesus said in John 4 that God is spirit, right? And then in 6.63, he says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. You see a method of operation here? It's in, life is in the spirit realm. That's where your answer is to your problems. It's in a realm you can't access apart from faith in him. Your answer comes through faith in who he is and what he's done for you. But it's not right out in front of you like you, something you can touch physically in this realm. It's in the spirit realm. This is how we operate. Jennifer and I were sitting uh, in the kitchen the other day, and I don't know, the, the TV was on, and, and a Bonanza episode came on. Anybody know Bonanza? Haas, he's my hero. Come on. Love that guy. But in this episode, little Joe meets this uh, girl who she's uh, they're traveling gypsies and they say this girl's possessed with a demon and so they go through this exorcism process this is the bonanza episode so I'm sitting there having my whatever we were snacking on and watching this exorcism on TV but it was it was uh, they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to deal with spiritual things and uh, spirituality should not be weird to us or foreign it's the realm we walk in we just had heard of some believers who've been in Christ a lot longer. They're just discovering that demons are real. They said, well, you know, why didn't we ever know this? Well, it's in the Bible. What made you think that that changed all of a sudden, that demons left? They're all around us. And chances are, if you don't know it, they're operating in your life. Satan has schemes against you, and he does it through spirits. And thoughts, and he, he shoots these darts at you, and they're suggestions of, of sickness and confusion and depression and uh, offense and, and uh, unforgiveness and all of these things. That's how he works. The, the real action is in the spirit realm. Hebrews teaches us that. Read the rest of Hebrews 11. It says, everything that was made came from the realm that was unmade. Everything that is seen came from what is unseen, is how it says it, right? That's where the action is. That's where your answers are in the unseen realm, and you access them by believing God. Hallelujah. The message translation says this, every word I've spoken to you, this is Jesus talking, is a spirit word, and so it is life-making. All of God's words are spirit and they are life-making. When God gives you His word, if you'll believe it, it will make life in you. It will produce life in you. Do you know that Jesus Himself, and you can see this, I think it's in Mark chapter 7 and some other of the Gospels too, that Jesus told the religious experts, you have made the word of God of no effect in your life by your religious tradition as powerful as God's word is you will not experience it unless you believe it isn't that amazing Jesus himself the word of God you can read it for yourself Mark chapter 7 I believe I don't remember the verse but Jesus said you have made the word of God of no effect by your tradition that's a big deal 
That means your answer, you can't access your answer. You can't access your healing. You can't access your provision. You can't access your freedom because you're believing things that are contrary to what God has said. Big deal. That's a big deal. That's something I want to change right away. Right? Bye-bye tradition. Hello, Jesus. Right? I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I want Jesus. I want who he is, and I want everything he did for me. So we are, we've been given new life through the word. You see, we, we give invitations as often as we can for people to know Jesus. But in 1 Peter 1.23, it describes what happens when a person. So let's think about, well, let's read it first. Being, having been born again, now Peter, the apostle, is writing to believers who've already accepted Christ, says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God. Yes. It's life-making, right? It's, it's, it's spirit. It's life-making, which lives and abides forever. Now, verse 24 says, because all flesh, human stuff, is as grass. Man's wisdom, grass and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass. Flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower fades away. I, can't, I remember as a kid, and I didn't know the Bible at all, but I remember going into my refrigerator, my mom would have the AM radio on, and I'd get a glass of milk, and I remember hearing on AM radio, they said, uh, study done that, that's, that finds that milk causes cancer or something like that. I remember hearing this as a kid. This would have been in the 70s or 80s, probably 80s. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm drink, I love to drink milk, and I, there was a study, and I didn't give it any credence. And I remember years later, still living in that house, maybe two or three years later, same AM radio, another show coming on, saying that study was found out to not be accurate. So what, would if, I, what if I would have believed that when I heard it and lived that way for those several years? I would have been living according to false information. Man's studies are so short-sighted because man has limited wisdom and limited insight. I don't care how thorough you try and make your study to be, there will always be unknown factors you cannot account for, first of all, in the natural and then the spiritual. You can't control every factor in a study. You can't create a laboratory that, that controls every single factor. can't do it. You try. You try and keep it as objective as possible. But we're living in a fallen world. There are things happening you can't even see or account for. We need to believe God. Hallelujah. And realize that man's wisdom is grass. What man is declaring today is going to change tomorrow. It's going to fade. Hallelujah. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. It never gets weak. God never, God doesn't have to revise what he said through his son. Say, oh, actually we've done a, bit, a, a more recent study with better equipment and we found out that Jesus is not the only way to salvation. Um, you can talk to Henry McGillicuddy. He's the second way, right? And then there's, uh, uh, no. There's no revision with God's Word. His Word is perfect. It was perfect the moment it was spoken. And it needs no revision and no updates. Hallelujah. It's just as powerful now as the moment it left the lips of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
The word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So earlier in the service, I gave an invitation for people to receive Jesus. What was that? I was, they were hearing words that God loves them. That God provided his son for the forgiveness of their sins and that by believing they could be washed clean and have a relationship with him. If they received those words, they were born again. Nothing more powerful than that. But we've got to learn about these unseen realities because that's where the power is. And we learn about them by studying the scriptures and learning the word of God. Okay? All right. So let's look at a few scriptures here. Oh, boy. These are so good. Hallelujah. Let's do it. Can we go to, th- let's, I think, three passages here. Maybe four. But let's go. Th- All right. Let's start in Joshua 1. Joshua 1, verse 8. The Word of God is the most important thing in my life. We cannot allow anything to even come close to compete with it. We have to exalt it. We have to choose to elevate it above everything else. Only you can make that choice. Only you can choose to value the Word of God that much. When I'm reading the Word and when I'm having to, I imagine God standing in front of me speaking. It's that powerful. So in this, in this uh, context of Joshua here, Moses has died. And jo- he's gone to heaven. His strength was not abated. His moisture not fled, one translation said. His moisture not fled at 120. Fresh skin at 120. His moisture not fled, hello? His eyes were not dim. 120 years old, his strength not abated. He went to heaven in full health. Joshua, it was his responsibility to lead the people into their promised land. And there's only one way to experience the promises of God, by meditating on his word. This book of the law, God is instructing, he's encouraging Joshua, because I can imagine Joshua was probably like, I can't do this. You know, all the, he watched the miracles that God did through his leader, Moses, for, for, uh, and he must have been thinking, here we are 40 years later, how am I going to do this? I'm not Moses. And God's encouraging him. He said, the power is not in Moses, the power is in me. The power is in believing what I've said to you. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, that word, we don't uh, use that a lot in our culture. And usually when people hear the word meditate, they think of some other type of religion. You know, the, you light incense and you deep breath and you, you sit in kind of different positions. That's not what this Hebrew word is. Very important to understand that, what God meditation is. What does this word mean? It means to say it softly to yourself over and over again. It means to imagine in it. Unlike any other creature, we were were made in the image of God. An important part of that is the imagination that we've been given. What is an imagination? The ability to create an image inside of myself that doesn't exist outside of myself. 
That's what this is talking about. So I may not look healed, but I meditate in the Word. I use my imagination to see myself healed. That's meditating in the Word. So when I'm in Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely by His stripes you have been healed. I use my imagination and I see myself that way. And I begin going through my day that way. That's meditating in the Word. Say it to yourself and see it in yourself. Ooh, I like that. Never said it that way before. Meditate to say it to yourself and to see it inside yourself. I like that. How often? Well, day and night. <laughs> okay. It's a regular thing with us, right? Everywhere we go, we're meditating in the Word. We live in it. We abide in it. It's our home. It's our method of operation, day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely, act wisely, and have good success. So what is God's will for us? Prosperity and success. You shouldn't say that. Well, it's true. Sorry if that, if that uh, disagrees with your religious doctrine, but it's true. God's will is prosperity and success for all his children. That's his will for your life. Prosperity, I'm talking in every area. Your health, your finances, your family, your workplace. And then verse 9, he goes on to say, Have I not commanded you, be strong. What's he doing? He's giving him his word. He's imparting strength to him right there. Be strong. Be vigorous. I looked up that word I studied years ago. I was writing in my notebook, studied this word. You know what vigorous means? It means hardy, tough, marked by richness and fullness, lively, energetic, and robust, full of health and strength. Yeah. God says, be hardy. Be marked by richness and fullness. Be lively. Be energetic. Be robust. Be full of health and strength. Woo! He's not done yet. And very courageous. I looked that up. You know what that means? Brave and fearless. Be brave and fearless. Be robust and strong. Be full of health and strength. Be hardy and marked by richness and fullness. Be lively and energetic. Be brave and fearless. Why? I'm with you. Everywhere you go. See, we boast in the Lord, not in ourselves, right? Let the, my soul will boast in the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Why would the afflicted hear and rejoice when I'm boasting in the Lord? Because he's for them. Hallelujah. So this is God's method of operation. We're, we're keeping his word rolling around inside of us. We're saying it to ourselves everywhere we go. All day long. In, our, in my sleep I'm saying it. Now you understand I'm not literally laying there with my Bible. It's just, it's rolling around in me. Almost, I kind of unconsciously, kind of somewhere in between consciously and unconsciously. But there are times all of us have stupid dreams. They're just whatever. Uh, it's just, that's 
part of the, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But if I have a dream that's contrary to God's nature, the word starts going in my mind. Just happens automatically now. Because when I'm awake, I'm training myself to do that. So if I'm awake and something ungodly tries to enter my mind, I, a scripture comes up and I'll start speaking the word. I've done it so much now, it happens when I sleep. Without me even consciously having to get up or do anything. It's this lifestyle of Him where He's our, he's our air that we're breathing. He's the sounds we're listening to. He's the words we're speaking. He's the thoughts we're thinking. He's the image we're imagining. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Where's that at in the Bible? John 15, 7 and 8. In fact, one rendering of that verse says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall demand your rights and they will leap into being for you. Who are we demanding our rights from? You have rights. You know that, don't you? I know we have a constitution. Thank God for an amazing document. But I'm talking about heaven rights. Who gave you those rights? The Father did. So who do we demand our rights from? Not God. He gave them to us. Who's trying to take them away? Satan. We don't have to demand anything from God. He's freely given it, right? But we do have to stand up and actively resist the devil. Right? We demand that he cease. We demand that he take his hands off of our family. We demand that he take his hands off of uh, the, the projects and things we're working on. We demand that he take his hands off our property. When I get something new, I pray over it. I like to speak blessings over it. Say, Father, thank you for this toaster. My toast is blessed when I put it in. I'm blessed when it comes out. Psalm 119, 97. We okay? Can we go a little more? Come on, you doing good? Come on, we can do this. Psalm 119. Oh, I love Psalm 119. Man, get you some Psalm 119 going in your mind. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation every now and then. Wouldn't that be a contradiction? You see, love is all the time. Love is a 24-7 thing. It's never been otherwise. Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I've observed your precepts. Do you know wisdom? Wisdom does not come with age. It comes by believing the Word of God. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your Word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances for you yourself have taught me relationship. I spend time with you 
and you teach me how to live, there's no way I'm turning away from this because you're my personal instructor. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. I'm just going to read through these. You write them down. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. It says God's method of operation. May as well learn it now because it's not going to change. And it's perfect and it always works. It never fails. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Even when I'm watching movies, I'm filtering everything through the word. And in myself, I say, well, that was stupid. That's not true. That's dumb. Not out loud. I just I don't say it to the people I'm with. I'm just, it's being filtered. It's not coming in me. Hallelujah. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? So, so you can... Earn a favor with God? No. We're not trying to earn anything. We're in a relationship with Him. We want to know Him more, right? Why would I want to do this? Why would I want to meditate in His Word? For they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. The word health there, that's the, king, uh, that's the New American Standard, but the Hebrew says they are the cure the remedy and the medicine for all your whole body. So when I'm reading the Bible, I remind myself that I'm taking my medicine. That this is medicine to me. I mean, even just reading, we have a reading plan here, right? The one a day plan. You go on our website, the homepage, click on that reading plan. We're just reading one chapter a day, five days a week through the New Testament. In one year, we get, we've done it six, six times, seven times. And we do it every year. But even as I'm reading that, I remind myself, okay, life is coming into me. Life is coming into me. The cure, the remedy, the medicine of God is flowing through my body as I read this. So you've got to learn how to read the Bible. Did you know that? You read it by faith. That you're in relationship with the author, right? And he's flowing through you. The New Living Translation says this in verse 22. They bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Did you see that? I'd be writing these down if I were you. I'd be memorizing these ones, boy. Snapping pictures of these screens. I'll to go home and I'm going to get that in my notebook. The New Century Version says they are the key to life. For those who find... I mean, how many movies have been made about they're searching for the fountain of youth or the key to life or the meaning of life. Here it is. Search no further. Jesus is it. His Word. He's the Word. They are the key to life for those who find them. They bring health to the whole body. If you don't think that's true, you're not going to experience it. Remember, you can make the Word of God of no effect. So if I don't think His Word is bringing health to my body, I'm not going to experience it. I've got to believe it brings health to my body. I have to believe that. 
And I know that could be a a new thing to you and say, God, help me to believe this. Help me to understand this. Help me to know this. And he will by his spirit. He'll strengthen you. The message translation says, those who discover these words live, really live. Body and soul, they're bursting. Go ahead, put it up there. You got that one, the message? Body and soul, they're bursting with health. Wow. Do you have that message back there? There you go. Body and soul, they're bursting with health. Sounds like what God said to Joshua. Be robust, lively, energetic, full of health and strength. Why? Because his word produces this bursting health, unstoppable health. The Passion Translation says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. This takes time, guys. Takes time. You have the time for this. Make the time for this. To sit with the Word and let it soak and penetrate all the way to the core of you. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I had symptoms and I just went to my uh, seat, sat down or a desk somewhere and I just got Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 and meditated in the Word and watched the symptoms just go away. I, don't even, I couldn't even count. I don't know. It always works. It's the Word of God. It can't fail. Isn't it good to have a sure thing? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good. Let's finish with this, Psalm 107, 20 through 22. Hallelujah. And uh, I'll just give you this reference. You can read it in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. We don't have time to look at it, but you're going to see it's one of my favorite people in the Bible. It was a centurion who knew in order for his servant to be healed, all he needed was for God to speak. That's all he needed. And he said, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need to go through any ceremonies or rituals. All I need for you is to say it. And that's how we're to live. That's the life we're living. All we need to know is what God has said about our situation. That's all we need to know. If he said it, we've got it. Psalm 107 verse 20 says this, He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. This is how he operates. This is how we're transformed, right? Not by lighting candles, not by by going through some religious ceremony, but by believing what God said, and soaking in that, meditating in that, letting it penetrate all the way down to our spirit. And healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Verse 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Notice our mouth is involved in meditating. So we receive God's word by speaking it and believing it. Transformation. It's happening right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we are so grateful. You love us so much. Lord, you, 
you have provided a place for us to gather and be edified in the salvation you provided for us, to hear your word on a regular basis, to, to grow in the revelation of the finished work of your Son. And Father, we thank you. We've received the abundance of your grace and the gift of your righteousness. And we ask your Holy Spirit to help us undergo this total reformation of our thought life. Help us to know your word, to know what you have said about every situation in our life. And help us, Lord, to make the time to sit with your word, to meditate in your word, and allow it to penetrate all the way down into our very core. Jesus God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.